The futures of our own children were not at stake. Alex and Gwen were across town, happily chasing school friends around the playground. We were appearing at a hearing in juvenile court because our book was on the line. The juvenile justice system is really two separate systems. The dependency, or child welfare branch, whose purpose is to protect children who have been neglected or abused physically, sexually, or emotionally, and the delinquency branch, charged with determining if a minor has broken the law and how he or she should be punished and rehabilitated. This system is a complex web of individuals bound together by esoteric laws and mind-boggling funding structures. Investigators check out charges of abuse, and an army of social workers provide services. Separate sets of attorneys guard the legal rights of parents and of children. A third set guards the legal rights of the social workers. Volunteer advocates, who often know the children better than the professionals, sometimes appear in court to push the system to do what it is supposed to do. Therapists help families understand and control violence. An industry of rehabs works with alcohol and drug problems. Foster parents take over when a family falls apart. Children who have suffered serious psychological damage are placed in residential care facilities that routinely cost $7,000 a month. In delinquency proceedings, district attorneys press charges against minors who are represented by private counsel or public defenders. Probation officers check out family histories and psychologists put kids through a battery of tests. Counselors at youth ranches try to instill discipline and a sense of responsibility. Minors who run from ranches or commit serious crimes are often sent to youth authorities, training schools, or youth correctional facilities, which are, in fact, prisons for youth. In California, the youth authority costs $30,100 per year, Per ward. What sets juvenile justice apart from the rest of the legal system is that it is wrapped deep in a cocoon of confidentiality, and like everything about the system, the cocoon is purported to be in the best interests of children. But the system, and the public, and often the children themselves, pay a heavy price for confidentiality. Inside the system, confidentiality means that few people, the judge, perhaps an advocate, have access to the full and complete records of any family or any child. Attorneys are prohibited from asking certain questions, and in turn, they prohibit certain things from going into the record. Social workers are barred from reading certain records. Therapists are not permitted to share their insights with foster parents. Outside the system, confidentiality has contributed to making juvenile court the least understood least explored branch of the American legal system. Journalists have long complained that they cannot cover the system in any ongoing, comprehensive way because no one will talk to them except in the most vague generalities. While there have been several excellent television documentaries and books, often by system insiders, mainstream journalists frequently ignore the system until there is a catastrophe. A child dies in foster care, and under the law, no one is permitted to explain why the baby was taken from her biological parents. A child is returned to parents who have a history of violence. The child ends up dead, and again, no one is permitted to talk. 
no one puts these calamities into perspective. Attorneys can talk to journalists only with all the telling details obliterated. Social workers who have worked with a family for years and years cannot even hint to a reporter that they are furious at the way the case has been handled. Psychologists go on about diagnostic criteria, but they cannot divulge the events that transform dry clinical ease into a portrait of a family struggling for its existence.